Um, well, this is actually a really funny story because how I got into metal was... Welcome to the New Music Podcast. We're your two regular jackoffs from upstate New York. My name is Patrick. And I'm Kyle. And this is the podcast where we do the thing and we talk to people. What is good? Logan from Eternal Void, how are things? I'm existing currently. That's pretty good, all things considered. (laughs) Oh, man. So uh, how are things since... uh, quarantine started for you i know it's been like a year so there's a lot of things we can talk about there but how is that going for you it sucks dude i just want to play shows again but (laughs) i'm not gonna rush into it with everything going on so it's like just waiting like it was always like the thing that was fun to go out and do but outside of that just been sitting at home playing a lot of video games and watching a lot of anime so not much is different to be honest well, shit, before we get into actual interview questions, I'm curious about that. What games are you playing? What anime are you watching? Listen here, motherfucker. That was my video game topic. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm the video um, game. Well, there you I've go. Been, you guys got plenty to talk about. I've been playing Valheim a lot recently with some friends. Um, and then I've been playing... People are... I, it's, I hate it admitting this, but I've been playing Fortnite also because it's fun. I it's not the best game in the world but no no it it's not. <laughs> it's chill so and i can play with friends from other platforms outside of that i need to get back into hades and then i'm just waiting for more games to come out truth is i i haven't really given fortnite or any game really much of a chance I mean, to impress me anymore Fair. i recently back into fortnite for a little bit but then i was like you know what this is ever since match match make matchmaking based or whatever the fuck it's called now that they have now which is all right but see i'm bad so i in that game i can't build worth shit so i get put with people who are bad and it's a fun time so yeah that yeah that's what you basically get (laughs) that's what i did i was like wow this is fucking easy people don't have fingers like what the fuck (laughs) there are a lot of children playing as well and if that's what it takes to make me feel good about video games it is destroying the hell out of small kids hey they are the one who chose to play online okay it's just exactly. part of the game and, and i I'm love just shit. <laughs> i just love their trash talk i love their energy i don't have the energy to trash talk anymore like the kid no, says something either. i'm just like yeah okay you're right <laughs> it's okay why don't you take your your barely usable penis and literally go stick it in a sock or something kid <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about the game to really know what kind of shit you have to say. Like what? I no scoped you, bro. Well, no, it's even here. worse because since you you can't actually hear other people, all they do is dance on your dead body and do the dumb dances from the <laughs> that's game. Just, that's just BM as fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a mood. I like to dance over corpses. The only no thing I like from Call of Duty is like when you kill somebody, they just scream or some shit. Yeah. Like, or... <laughs> and what about what about anime? What anime are you watching right now? 
I just finished the three Berserk movies. Those were really that was good. Interesting. Uh, the third one really fucked me up. Yeah, the third one is traumatizing for sure. Like <laughs> amazing movies, but yeah, the last one is horrifying for so many reasons. I just wish they would branch out from just there. I could tell they were trying to like wrap it up, but I really that was the part that fascinated me the most. Yeah, because there's so much more to go into, but like, for, despite it being such an old series, like it hasn't gotten a good adaptation well. yet. Yeah, aged very well. It's despite... like JoJo, though. I love JoJo still, and that's old. <laughs> so. All right, that's one I keep getting told to like watch, and it gets such like either yay or nay uh, re- reviews on it that like I just I just need to watch the fucking thing so I can understand why. Yeah, you'll either <laughs> love it or hate it, like. Despite a lot of people saying not to do this, start at part three because that's like the most known. And it's like, okay. And it's probably like the most meme like the goofiest, but it's still serious at times. But if you don't like that after a few episodes, you'll know if you'll like the series or not. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cause I've had a, a bunch of people tell me that I should have tried to get further into Attack on Titan before deciding it was the single most overrated anime on the planet. It is pretty overrated. I like it. I say the same thing. Like, I like the show. Like, I genuinely am having a good time enjoying it. I thought the first season was the worst season. But it's pretty good. I don't understand why it is, like, the most hype anime right now. I do like the art for it. And that is kind of just, like, the one thing that keeps drawing me back to it is the art style. And I'm sorry, but that opening scene is what just, like, captivated me to get 14 episodes in. But after yeah. a while, it's just like, I can't watch you be a whiny little bitch any longer. You're There's no character development. You're just being a bitch. Well, eventually, there is a time skip. So things so change. I didn't give up. it enough of a chance is what I'm, what I'm being told. Well, it doesn't do that until season four. I will say that. So you. <sighs> okay, I'm not that patient, dude. I got two kids. <laughs> I don't That's got fair. that kind of time. My so recommendation, though. My favorite new- newer anime at the moment is Jujutsu Kaisen, though. That one is really good. I've heard that was pretty good. Yeah, what's, it's, it's so like... What's uh, the synopsis on that? Like, what, what, is, what is that one? They're like s- sorcerers, essentially, but it's like in terms of like removing curses in Japan. So it's like they essentially go out and destroy curses, and it's all about like that. I don't want to go too much into it without spoiling some of it, but it's yeah. like... It's goofy at times, but it's also gets pretty dark, and it has a, a scene in one of the newer episodes that is probably the closest I felt to the hype that I felt like watching Dragon Ball Z as a kid. So, okay. I really like it. It's I've also watched a lot of Super lately. I guess that's another anime I've been watching. I love Dragon Ball despite it not being the best. Super? They are. They are. Come on, well, you got you just got to the good part in the last like twenty episodes or so. Yeah, but there's more coming. So at least that. Yeah, because the manga actually has more that happened, and they finished an arc that's not out yet in the anime, and they're starting another one already. So there's going to be a lot more coming. Well, fuck me. All right, I guess I just got to be patient because that is. I felt like they finally did the series right by acting like GT never even happened, and then going on with Super. And I, I don't know. I just felt like that worked. I'll way say better. it though. I love Super Saiyan 4's design. That is like one of my favorite. I will give it that designs because you can tell that the artist was still in it, but they had a whole different uh, person writing for it. And that's why GT came out so weird. Yeah. Or at least that's how I understand it anyways. 
I'm not yeah, as like Toriyama helped as, with uh, some designs and stuff. Like, I think he actually did design Super Saiyan 4, but, like, he did not control the story at all. It's weird. It's weird when you mm-hmm. think of it like that, because he's done everything up until that point. Yeah. So I don't know what was the circumstances uh, leading up to, you know, why he decided to take a breather on writing just then, but I don't know. Well, they what's interesting is they did, because there's, like, a whole spinoff series called Dragon Ball Heroes. It's like a what-if situation. Okay. And yeah, I, uh, I heard about that. Yeah. And well, what they did is they took GT's timeline and made it like an alternate reality through like Trunks's tri- time travel guardian stuff he does. So it's wow. like you do have a point where it's like Super Saiyan Blue Goku fights Super Saiyan Four Goku and stuff like that. Like okay, it's just I'm like the, the <laughs> yeah, it's literally. And then there's like Super Saiyan Four Brawly fighting Zeno Super Saiyan Gogeta. Like it's the mm. The guy who made, do you guys remember when we were kids, those really old Dragon Ball AF pictures? Yes. 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 It is it is the guy who made those who is was hired by them to make heroes, like the spin-off. So like the guy who wrote fan fiction got to write official fan fiction now. That's amazing. Yo, that's legit. Damn. Well, we can we can talk about something else now if you'd like. I I get stuck on anime and video games. That's fine. No, I mean, like the I, fact that like we welcome to the new music podcast. We literally go all over the fucking place. Um, but don't don't worry, listeners. We will get to talking about the music at some point whenever we fucking feel like it. Fair. Really into like very gory animes. Those are my favorite. Like just absurd that has, yeah. gory animes. Gory for no fucking reason, which reminds literally. me, what was it? Uh Geno Cyber or something you were Geno Cyber, bro. That's what <laughs> that's the one that like I gotta find out where I can stream that because you sold me. I on said it. you can look up at YouTube. You can literally look up Geno Cyber full series or whatever. It's just one season of pure absolute nothingness, just gore. <laughs> it just makes See, no fucking sense. I'm like on the opposite end. I don't mind gore and stuff, but I want to have like either really cool animation, but I normally want some semblance of a good plot in there. I mean, like that, that's what hooks me in a lot of stuff, which every, I mean, it's it's whatever anyone wants it to be. It's yeah. like how you, you spend your free time. You know? It's like literally the, the preference of it is this little girl that goes, that turns into this huge death alien and just starts killing people for good reasons because she's like trying to protect people, but against this military or some shit. But it makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense. There's a lot of anime out there that doesn't make sense. I was let's just be honest. Say, that's one yeah. of the great things about anime is that it's it doesn't need to make sense. It just needs to exist in its own Literally. lane. And the sucky part is my girlfriend doesn't watch that kind of stuff. So I'm like, fuck. <laughs> well, Logan, I don't know about you, but like I've gotten my wife to watch Death Note and Samurai Champloo. Like those are the only two anime that I'm I've gotten her to like. Samurai Jack. No, I, not Samurai Jack. Samurai, Samurai Shampoo is actually my all-time favorite anime. Fifteen but, out of ten. One of the best stories I've yeah, ever watched. And but luckily, Sydney, my fiance, like she likes watching that stuff. So like we just watch all that stuff together. Like we both have dual monitor setups in here, and like I'll put anime on one screen while we play <laughs> games on the other. That's legit. That's fucking legit. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I got, I got a, a very special uh, place in my heart for that time period of like Adult Swim and Toonami. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. It's like a nostalgia that's always going to be there. 
but for yeah. me too it's just samurai shampoo is just that good of a show as well like even the soundtrack i still listen to like today it was a good ass soundtrack and i'm not even that into hip-hop what's sad is that guy ended up dying when he was like 21 and a, a car hit him in japan the guy who like worked on that soundtrack and he like influenced a lot of lo-fi like style stuff really yeah so That's it's sad. like it sucks because he was just getting like really popular and then that happened Damn, so it's dude. like well shit um, do you think his uh music might have been in fully coolie because i don't know what music was in fully coolie but i remember like low-key jamming out to it while like trying to stay up all night watching no TV. that's um the pillows it was i don't think they ever made anything else except that album for the anime i could be wrong but that's the only one i remember when i looked it up anime has a very like strong influence on music and like a lot of people probably wouldn't think that if they weren't into anime at all oh yeah like uh people love thundercat and don't know he's like the biggest weeb out there so <laughs> well now they do since dragon ball durag came out now they know he's a huge weeb if they didn't yeah. before, but i don't know who we're talking about to be honest i don't know who these people are it's uh the, the dude who used to play bass in suicidal tendencies and then he just started doing his own thing and it's like yeah. super chill weird bass playing stuff like it's weird it's hard to explain no, they made a whole good. song about putting on a Dragon Ball Z do-rag and like trying to pick up women and it's the funniest. <laughs> yeah. And it's a jam too. It's like genuinely good. It has a groove it's to it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I am curious as hell. Oh man. A lot of good uh a lot of good suggestions so far here. But let's uh let's switch gears now. Um I'm kind of curious what is cuz our usual question on this show if you guys have been listening for a while what is your origin story how did you get started into music how did you get started into aggressive music um well this is actually a really funny story because how i got into metal was my friends played rock band a lot and they all listened like not all of them but a chunk of them listened to metal and I really didn't at the time. Like, I listened to, like, Metallica and Iron Maiden, but that was about where I cut it off. Um, and, like, they were, no one ever wanted to do vocals when we played rock band. And I was like, I can do that shit. It's easy. <laughs> and then I did it, and they were like, oh, shit, like, you can actually do this. And then they're like, you should join the band we're starting. I'm like, I have nothing better to do. So, okay, I'll do this. <laughs> and it just went from there. What started as a joke ended up me becoming a like pretty serious about music so it's a, a weird way to get there well do you remember what that first song was oh yeah it was asking alexandria i, I don't remember <laughs> what song but it was asking alexandria like that's how i learned oh, how to scream you need to know the song though <laughs> it would be whatever was uh rock, probably rock band dlc i would have to look it up but it's oh, probably like well, those were the days man when rock band allowed you to download their own your own music and stuff like that was the time yeah. to be into rock band i have rock yeah. band too and i downloaded this stuff too i also I, had it's definitely off the stand up and scream album no matter what it's definitely yeah i think i yeah it definitely was whatever it was and then like i also played like along like the word alive and stuff when we played it on there and it just went from there and then i became a prog snob for a bit and then i went back to liking everything so <laughs> that's the funny thing about prog it's like i think that prog and uh like slam are like the two genres where people like when they find themselves in that subgenre, they're like 
everything else sucks. This yeah, is, it's like this is it. It's like the elitist genres, but like not to say all the fans are bad in those genres, but they are the ones who are like, this is the genre you should be listening to, or yeah. you just aren't doing it right. I've I noticed think the heavier, heavier genres are like that, especially yeah. like especially subgenres, like sub subgenres, yeah. board grind and shit like that. It's like, nope, you gotta listen to this, or else it's <laughs> ranked. <laughs> They're definitely a magnet for gatekeepers or, or just that yeah. personality type. Yeah. I think in the realm of like, cause obviously like with what we release it, there is some like deathcore influence at times. Like the next song, I could easily see people why we get listed as deathcore sometimes with certain songs and next mm-hmm. song's one of those, but being in the metalcore world, it seems like metalcore is finally opening up again to where it's like what people are okay with in that genre isn't, like people are experimenting. You have stuff like Loathe, Spirit Box, all these yep. bands who are like trying different yeah. kinds of things. Absolutely. It's funny because I was just saying that on a podcast with the guy from Saving Vice, and he was saying something someone something along those lines as well. That it's so experimental and that a lot of people are not giving it quite the chance and just assuming that all of it's generic because the stuff at the top has been kind of generic, or uh, as Finn McKinty would call butt rock. Yeah. And what's funny is even uh, Tyler, actually, I used to be a fan of his old band called In the Name of when they were managed by Craig Mabbitt back in the day. Jesus so Christ, like, I forget that Craig Mabbitt actually managed bands for a while. Yeah, and he was in a band that did. And I used to think that band that he was in was one of the coolest bands in the world. So it was like I recently just hit him up again. It was just like, hey, like back in the day, I really was in your stuff. Like just wanted to say that because it was something I remembered. And that was a kind of cool moment. Uh, just because I, it was like a memory that came back to me. I was like, oh yeah, this was a thing when I was younger. <laughs> I don't think most people know that Craig Nabbit started the Word Alive. Yeah, because I remember listening to those demos back in the yep. day. Dude, and, yeah. and I'm glad that he didn't wind up being the permanent member. I think that he's a great fit for Escape the Fate. But like, could you imagine how much different that band would be today if it was still Craig Mabbitt's band? Yeah, and honestly, I wish sometimes Craig would go back to like older metalcore or like even modernized metalcore and do it a bit because like he does fit very well with Escape of Fate. But I, it's like that nostalgia of wanting to hear it, you know. He don't even got to man. He could just sit off, sit there, and you know, enjoy the royalties off of Escape the Fate for the rest of his life, probably. I mean, yeah, he could, he could, but for us OGs, man, for us who remember. Yeah, be... nostalgia is a powerful weapon for uh, for music. I know Suicide Silence has been living off of that. Oops. <laughs> Dude, it's just with the Suicide Silence thing, the only thing that confuses me with that situation is like on paper it should have been a fine combination when he joined as the vocalist because he's yeah. he has good vocals. But I just I think they just went for a different sound and it didn't pan out. Like sometimes that happens. And it's tragic seeing what happened to Suicide Silence because I don't even think that the self-titled album was bad. I yeah. think that it kind of got a bum rap for the Teehee meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that one, but that goes to show you one bad part. That's yeah. what people like will pick on. Destroy an album. Yeah, yeah, and all it takes just, is three scary. seconds to become a meme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the internet is scary in that regard. 
I don't think Jared Dines knew that that was going to happen. No, I don't think he did. I think yeah. that's why he stopped doing videos like that, to be honest, because I because he even like feels bad for what he did to that band. He's got a lot of power, like a lot. Yeah, third amount of power. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that when they have big platforms is like the more following you have, the more important it is to like think about yeah. what you're saying. Absolutely. Which is why I hope we never get any kind of clout like that, because I want to be able to talk shit for the rest of my life. I mean, <laughs> fair. As long as you know what you want out I of do. life. <laughs> Low key, I do. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice to be able to sit on those uh, those uh, YouTube monetization checks. But let's be real. They don't. They don't make that much anymore. You got to be as big as like Jared Dines in order to make that kind of money. Yeah. Yeah. Cause some people out there put out amazing content and don't have enough viewers that go to their channels. Like, and it's not even their fault. (laughs) What'd you say? I was just kidding. Oh, no, no fair. Like that's the, the truth though is like, unless you are already a bigger name, like it's harder to start getting new people into your channel. YouTube in general and podcasting is just really hard to get into now, especially when everybody's fucking doing it. Yeah, pretty saturated now. It's tough, but I don't think a lot of people that are doing podcasting now are going to stick around for the long term. Yeah, I think it's kind of a fad right now for a lot of people. Like it's you have to really enjoy it to make it a long term thing. Like you have to just want to talk to people and just explore those things, because if not, then you're going to get burnt out quick. I really look forward to like in five years from now being able to say this was the quarantine chronicles of when we were doing this podcast and like we can just playlist that time period of our our backlog. And I think a lot of people are going to do something pretty similar because just having uh, done any type of content like this during during the pandemic is going to be, you know, something that we can look back and say, yeah, that was a genre in content creation. (laughs) Yeah, I think yeah. what I mean, it pretty much is because it applies to a lot of art forms like my buddy who's an artist has been more active at that because what else can he do? Like exactly. bands have had to learn to reapproach how they do certain things because nowadays there's a lot of bands where people aren't located in the same area. So you, if mm-hmm. there's people from different countries or states this point in the year it was a lot harder to get video content done. So the approach bands have had to take is like. I figured the digital age was taking over. Like that is the logical progression. Absolutely. I think the pandemic definitely sped that along. Like the amount that people have adapted to like now all digital platforms are like the way you hammer everything as an artist, as a content creator. Like that is the way to do things now. It's not so much about in-person stuff like it used to be. Word of mouth is not as powerful as it used to be because the power of this device right in front of us, it's its pretty amazing. But I think that the live stream thing is going to stick around for a while. I brought this up on a couple of chats, but I really do think that live streaming as well as like doing your regular performances could be a very powerful move for bands who have a small tour going and they're only going to do like five or six dates. But they, you know, they know that some of their fans aren't going to be able to you know, take a plane ticket over to like, let's say Vegas or LA to go see that performance, um, that that's going to be another way for them to monetize uh, what they're doing. Yeah, no, I agree because I, I think in general too, it's the fact of that's a permanent thing. You can show someone to be like, this is what we're like live as well. Like you should come out. Especially for smaller bands. 
yeah like a, a band that's bigger that did it well which isn't even a band i'm huge into but like code oranges live stream they did yeah. that was a really neat one that like, was really good yeah i hope i see more bands do like that kind of stuff i know dance gavin dance has been doing that stuff too and mm-hmm. it's been doing well so i think you're right i think it's a new form of content that wasn't thought of really before but is going to be something that stays even past all this well even to bring up suicide silence again yeah yeah like their their live stream tour was a very unique way to way to do it um where they would go from city to city and only broadcast to that city and then offer exclusive merch drops like that was a very complicated way to do it and i think that if they had enough um time beforehand to really hype it up it could have been a lot bigger yeah yeah it's one of those things like sometimes great ideas don't pan out just because a little bit of preparation was thrown off like if like you said if they had a little bit more advertising for that beforehand it probably would have done even better they put so much energy into everything that they were trying to do to make it as as good as possible is really it really clouded the marketing side of that yeah but you know in like five or ten years from now people will say yeah i was there for that live stream and i copped that once in a lifetime shirt um oh yeah dude that's gonna be a flex for some people the uh that's something that's interesting too i think part of the pandemic has like increased is like some of the groups for like finals for band merch and stuff like they seem more active now that this stuff has been going on like it seems like collecting is a thing again with band stuff but funny enough it's never normally a cd itself it's like vinyl merch yeah like some of the merch people yeah they're 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 out there still but i think it's become it's almost like we're at a tipping point i think where vinyl is becoming more popular to own oh no that's been going on for I remember the Loudwire article saying something along those lines that it's been like that for the past like five years. That wait, has it really? I didn't vinyl, know that. Vinyl is outselling CDs by like a lot. I'm not surprised by that, but I didn't know that. That is interesting, yeah. though. Well, yeah, I've you're definitely. Like, yeah, th- I've also heard that like they're more better sounding. If that makes sense, like they sound better on a vinyl than CD or. I think it depends on your I've setup. Heard, but well, also your setup too, but. I've also heard like it's more. I don't know. It's just it feels it. It hits different. Okay, I don't know how to. <laughs> it hit different. <laughs> I think for a lot of people, it's like because it's ritualistic almost. Like when you have a vinyl, you take it out of the sleeve. People are way more careful with them because they cost more. And they always have big. like their preferred You're setup. Big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that like having the artwork, like the album artwork, that big, it's like nine inches, right? Or something like that. I don't know anymore. Yeah, something like that. But having the artwork that big, like blown up that big, it's also a little bit more. I don't know. I think having being able to look at the album artwork that way is also kind of interesting because normally you can't see up close like that into like the little details of album art. Yeah, that's something I actually miss about CDs is like getting the 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 booklet, being able to flip through all the pages, go through the lyric books. Like that's something that like is lost on today that physical merchandise i think that guys like alex terrible are really killing on the physical merchandise side of things like between alex terrible and rings of saturn like those are probably the two bands that i look up to the most as far as like physical merchandise yeah i mean bands need to do more risk with like merch items especially once you get to that level where you know people will buy it because like Mm -hmm. even 
just goofy things like the whole fad of now doing like coffee stuff like that like it's interesting like i don't know why more bands aren't <laughs> doing that kind of stuff the guy from lamb of god put out um i think it's yeah i think it's uh the guitarist of lamb of god put out non-alcoholic beer under their name really i mean I was like, fuck huh, all right well because he's so or he could be the fucking weird that weird fucking thing that bro job does and sells butt plugs i don't know <laughs> oh hell yes dude those uh some of those dudes are from where i am because like i live in dayton ohio and cincinnati is like an hour away so those dudes have been in, two of those dudes have been in my scene or more i can't remember at this point but they're like in my local scene like jacob wallace is like yeah. the nicest dude and he's just been around here forever <laughs> That's and uh, you could be like bro job, just sell sex toys. Uh, <laughs> we played their first show actually. Oh shit! Damn. I mean, if you can if you can sell butt plugs with your face on the tip of the penis, then go for it. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, why not? <laughs> yeah. If your fans will buy it, like, have fun with it. Like, it's who cares? Exactly, and <laughs> I, I feel like their demographic calls for that type of merchandise. Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean it would be more disappointing if they didn't sell that kind of stuff. To be honest, so, with a name like Bro Job, you can't not have that extreme of merch. It's like when Ramstein made their uh, dildo collection of each member. <laughs> like they actually molded each of their dicks into dildos. That's awesome. I I didn't know that actually. I just remember well, because like I was like, "There's no way," and then like I looked it up, and I was like, "No, this is a real thing," and it's molded after the actual dude's dicks, so it's even funnier. I, was, <laughs> I also like didn't know. I also didn't know that they did sell butt plugs until they posted about it, and I was like, "That's not. That's not." So I looked it up. Like, Holy fuck, that's a thing! And I like turned to my girlfriend, and I showed it to her. She's like, "No!" <laughs> my phone. So. I will say they have the best example of an on-brand logo I've ever seen for a band. Yeah. It's so so many layers of funny because it's one, their acronym is BJ, which is already funny. Their name's Bro Job, and then the, the dick logo being the B and the J is just perfect. It's it's too good. Oh, I love that band so much. They're a band we're going to have to get on this show at some point. And they're all so talented, too. That's yeah they're also talented as fuck yeah that's the funniest part is like people can't really shit on them too much because they're all really good at what they do and i love i love what they did with the uh zodiac cover yeah <laughs> dude they also have uh two of the members have a side project called cold harbor that's really good too wait that's them i didn't know that yeah Holy yeah, shit. Cold Harbor is Jacob Wallace and uh, Josh as well from Bro Job. Kind of, kind of just blew my mind right there. I didn't know that because I, I've like only listened yeah, to it, a couple of their songs. Good. Damn, good to know. Good to know. Shit. But yeah, um, I, I'm kind of curious now. Now that we're talking a little bit more about music, um, I'm kind of curious about some of the uh, writing process for this new shit that's coming out. Um, it was an interesting one because we had a lot of member changeovers over the years. So like since catharsis, it was just a lot of like, we'd get progress done. We'd stop, we get progress. Then something would happen. We'd stop. And the new guitar player 
uh, Waylon, who wrote, I think, four of the ten songs on the album. Um, he joined right as we started writing because we were like, well, if we're going to find someone, we need to find them when we start writing. And then we also mm-hmm. found the our bass player, now bass player, Ian uh, Rimley. And it was a lot of mostly writing each of us at our own house just because of all the pandemic stuff. Like there'd be times where some members, uh, significant others or anything would get like COVID. So it's like, what can you do when that kind of stuff's going Nothing. on? Like you can't, yeah. Like, so you have to write from yeah. home. So like a lot of it was just written from home and all of it was kind of written about like dark feelings in our lives because that's kind of the vibe the pandemic made us all feel. It was just kind of like we want to get kind of that slightly angsty feel out, you know? No, dude, I definitely can tell based on the two singles that I've heard so far. And uh, we have confirmed that Courtney LaPlante, yes, was on, uh, I'm blanking on the song title itself, but... Despondent. Despondent. Yeah, it's just one of those words that like doesn't... Like... It's not a normal vocabulary word at all. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I don't know about you, man, but I'm, I always got my pinky out when I'm thinking of words like that. <laughs> but... See, I, when it comes to lyrics, I don't use a lot of like complicated words. So like, I was like, well, the song title is the most complicated word in this whole song, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I love the whole like melodic metalcore thing that you guys are going for. I'm not sure if that's even the right way to describe it, but that feels like the best way to describe it to me. I mean, I, that would make sense because while we aren't like Catharsis had a was a very riff centric album. And for this one, we still wanted riffs and stuff, but we also wanted to allow some breathing room, uh, mostly for like my sake for choruses and stuff because when you have a little bit more room in the choruses you can kind of expand upon it and do what you want with melodies and stuff um but there's still plenty of movement in there so i think i think what you're saying is correct i guess that would be kind of the area i would but and i haven't really thought about it until now to be honest yeah i just remember listening to it and thinking damn like or especially you know uh catharsis just because it it kind of made me feel a bit nostalgic in a way because a lot of bands in my area um, in Albany were very much going for that type of sound. So like a mix between like the word alive and like Parkway Drive is probably like a good description. Um, but and, and that made me feel super nostalgic for that time period because a lot of bands in like 2010, like when I was still really active in this scene, were going for that sound but couldn't quite hit it uh, the way that you guys did. And yeah, uh, that's kind of the vibe I got from it. Um, yeah, that I think like that whole time period was kind of the um, start of like a lot of bands weren't necessarily like even us, like you weren't ripping off era in those kind of bands, but it definitely was like a period where that new style of metal core was coming in with that kind of gent influence as well and stuff like that. And I think a lot of the genre was that at that time. And I think, we're actually just now not too long ago getting at the point where people are branching off more from that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you always have those phases and like that one stuck around for a while. And I mean, I liked it uh, I just because like it. it was more <laughs> riff. It was just early two thousands metal core with riffs essentially is what it was. So like I was about it uh, <laughs> but now. Like, I think we're about to get, like we talked about earlier, the point where it's like people are blending genres so much. Like I'm really curious to see what happens next. I think there's going to be a lot of trap. 
Yeah, I'm okay with that though. Like I love Same. Denzel Curry and stuff, which isn't trap, but like I do <laughs> like like I, I know I'm not that dumb, but like I want just that kind of vibe, like a lot of just like rap, trap, that kind of influence when it's done well is so good. Like yeah. I think that's the key part of it when it's done well. It, it needs to be good. Yeah. yeah. Need to get a really good rapper in there if you're gonna go that direction and not One just the... scream really fast. Yeah, and I've seen a, uh, someone pull that off really well, though, like the screaming only part. It was a dude named Justin Haskin. Yeah, we've had him on the show twice now. Oh, and yeah. I, love you, okay. I love that yeah. man's. Yeah, no, he's like, I when I heard his, I was like, this is like done well. Like, this, this is, is like what it the is to, to write trap core. Yeah, it's because most of it does not do anything for me. But when I heard his stuff, I was like, this is the way the way this genre should go. Yeah, like it makes Absolutely. sense. And he got one of the guys from uh, Bro Job to actually do all the instrumentals and uh, mix and master it for him. That would make sense. I didn't know that, but like yeah. I could see that honestly after listening to his stuff. It sounds good. Like I, I, so it worked. I think it's uh, Fountain of Youth gave me like a distinct like Legend of Zelda vibe. I think it's just because of the oh, way God. the melody runs. <laughs> I don't know. I listen to that EP a lot, actually, a lot. Justin, if you're mm-hmm. listening, dude, you fucking killed it on that one. I'm actually really looking forward to shit he's doing next. Yeah, no, dude, dude's super talented. He just had a kid too, like you did, didn't he? Yep. Like uh, a month or two ago. He's got a baby girl too. <sighs> Scary. It was like two months ago. The thought of like if you hold a child and you drop it is the scary thought. Who are you telling? <sighs> <sighs> Bro, I just got my my uh, daughter home like a little over a week ago, and it has been it has been great having the the newborn around and having a three and a half year old already who just like wants everything to do with everything. And it's just, it's been really rewarding so far. So if you, that is adorable, honestly, like I won't lie. It, that's adorable. If you want it, go for it, dude. Don't, don't hold back. Cause it's such a rewarding experience, but expect that it's going to eat up a lot of your time. <laughs> I need more money first. Facts. Facts. <laughs> you cannot be financially prepared enough. You know, that's the thing. I don't think you can ever prepare enough money True. for that that situation. True. Yeah, but then you're gonna have like uh, nannies, and uh, they're they're gonna be the ones raising your kid for you. Yeah, not. at that point, you don't really have yeah. a kid. You just have something to pass money down to. Exactly. <laughs> you got you got a trust fund, baby, and nobody yeah. likes those. I mean. <laughs> Statistically speaking, it does not end well. So, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. So, what else do we have to expect from the new shit? You uh, were trying to show us before that uh, you've got a song with Andrew Patterson, our boy. Yeah. Yeah. That song is. Uh, I'm really curious, just because it is such a stark contrast to Despondent, like. It is really heavy. Like my uh, when it comes to like our really heavy stuff, I like Defiance and some of the other ones on Catharsis. Like I didn't write like the lyrics and vocal patterns. Like it's depending on the song depends on if I do it or if our guitar player Evan does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he wrote Enemy, and it's just super fast the whole time. Like live it's gonna suck but it's andrew's part <laughs> is so heavy that there's a, a part every time where he says cold and empty and like i get that stank face where i'm just like 
That is the grossest thing I think I've heard in a while. <laughs> oh, I am it all for it. It's just vocally, it's just ugh. It's that disgusting fucking growl. <laughs> Andrew's voice, like I've obviously dealt with some of his raw tracks, and like dude can one take everything, and it would be fine. Like I, <laughs> I double track a lot of my screams just because I like that's how I get mine to sound good, and that's what I've always been taught to do. But I, I dealt with Andrews and I was just like this is crazy like this dude's tone is actually monstrous yeah I don't know how the fuck he does it and how he was so slept on for such a long time yeah I no, mean, dude, he still is at this point which is ridiculous he, he, he kind of went like a, a bell curve really you yeah know? yeah but his I think with his new project it's definitely going to be the thing he sticks with a from now on i am super excited for that new project it's i've Yo. heard a lot of it and it is that Same. good oh Same. yeah that's right he told me that you got to hear you he showed you some of it so, and it is good. anybody listening guys like you're gonna be blown away by his cleans like that that really surprised me yeah. i Dude, was not expecting that shit yeah and i like his because they're very like i don't know if he likes how i describe them but they're almost like pop punky in a way like it makes me think See, of like that style thing. Yeah, like yeah. I love it though. Like it sounds really good. It makes it its I own vibe. Pop punk singing works well in like genty uh, prog metalcore. Like I it just yeah. yeah, it just works in metalcore. No yeah. matter what. Yeah, <laughs> true. I always feel like Rody Walker from Protest the Hero is like the extreme end of like a pop punk styled <laughs> singer in like metal, which I love his voice and I love that band. But he is like, dude smokes like two p- packs of cigarettes a day, like. <laughs> crazy i don't know he has a love song about cigarettes like i don't know how he does it has william control heard that song yet just saying <laughs> sorry like i was actually surprised loki like when we did our interview with william control that he wasn't like lighting up the whole time i <laughs> thought he was going to be smoking the whole way through were you Actually, you sound disappointed that I he am. wasn't i am and he was like way more of like acting like a family guy than like what i was expecting i was expecting like rock star energy from this guy i honestly whole, was not through. i didn't know what to expect with william to be completely honest with you i kind of figured he was going to be a really cool dude but i just didn't expect how he was going to act i mean i think he would awesome. agree when i say that like he's a little bit of a snob in his own way i mean we all are yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are like that in the metal genre, but the problem comes when you just don't acknowledge that you are like, it's okay to be one. Like, it's just like, it's okay to honestly be an asshole as long as you're like, yeah, I'm an asshole. Okay. But you gotta be a lovable is. asshole. You can't just be an asshole for the sake of it. You can't go on like people's Facebooks and just go to their page and be like, fuck you. Like just on their page for no reason. You canceled. Canceled. <laughs> Yeah, those people don't last very long because people don't want to do you favors when you act like that. Yeah. It's not and like networking is the key. Networking really is like the most important thing. And right. a lot of people think talent carries you. And it's like, not really. It's not like it used to be. Like now everyone can record from home and there's so many talented people out there. Like you have to, you know, give something that's better than that. Like just being like a decent human being. I think I agree with that. Um, I've been really subscribing to uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's like whole philosophy um, when it comes to just like how to be as a human being first and foremost, but also like how you handle social media and stuff like that. Definitely somebody to look up to if anybody listening doesn't actually know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. Yeah. 
I'll be honest, I do not know who that is. He's an influencer, early um early investor in like Facebook, Twitter, and a lot of like uh growing social media platforms. Also he that guy has an eye and understands how that stuff yeah. works then. And like he he accidentally found himself as like a motivational speaker, which I think is the most hilarious thing in the world because he doesn't sound like a motivational speaker. He's like if you're not posting, you know, nine times a day on this platform, then fuck you. You're just being lazy. <laughs> like that's really? his whole. Yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, I mean but if it works, it works. Speaker, yeah. But also, like, I can kind of see through him because, like, when he says shit like that, I'm like, oh, but you invested in these companies, so like, you of course you want people overly <laughs> active on these platforms because you have stake in the platform yeah so like a part of me is like okay i can see why you're telling people to be like that but also like you you're not wrong yeah. but he's not wrong either like how do you expect <laughs> no. to succeed when you post once a month and you've got three songs that you released that year as an yeah. artist like what do you expect yeah that whole that whole topic is another thing it's like oh yeah the way of the cd is essentially yeah. done as much as i hate it dude because i i love collecting cds no and i get it because that's why i think uh, the next move, at least my personal opinion, will be stuff like, um, was it the Ghost Inside who did it? I could be wrong. I don't remember which one band it was at this moment, but it was like released two songs and just did them in like batches until oh, they had the enough Acacia songs. In. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was, was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is the Acacia Strain. You're right. I had a brain fart there, but yeah, how they did it is, I think the way it, it'll probably go because it's like release the album after you have so many songs out. Uh, just because like Spotify and all of the streaming platforms algorithms like like constant uploads. So when you upload yeah. a whole album at once, you're losing part of what you could gain from the algorithm by not uploading those separately. And it's I hate that it's become that, but you have to play the game if you want to go anywhere. I think we're entering a singles world. For yeah. sure. The mm -hmm. album cycle is kind of kind of obsolete in a way um but it depends on you it really depends on you and like your sound because you know yeah. your your genty prog bands are gonna be just fine those guys yeah. have a lot like the fan base has a lot of money and they're willing to put that money in yeah because i feel like i was thinking about that actually because we had uh a band meeting earlier today and we were actually kind of talking about that it's like dudes who are in the like prog and like genty stuff they're like all dudes that are kind of like closer to their 30s at this point so it's like they all have stable jobs they have money like disposable <laughs> income like it and it's not every genre that has that like you can't yeah. do that with other ones um it's funny when so you go into the gen shit posting group and you expect a bunch of like actual like cringe type shit posting but a lot of these guys if you go to their profiles and shit they're actually pretty well set off people yeah just people bored and goofing around honestly and then you switch over to like the deathcore shit posting groups and it's like oh yep you guys are definitely like little punk ass kids it makes sense yeah deathcore is definitely the new punk rock as far as like yeah. you know energy wise like you know the type of people that get into it yeah there's i'm in some deathcore groups um and the genre has some amazing bands out right now like genuinely and it's like but half the fans are like try to fight everyone in an argument on post Literally. and the other half are just people like guys i just want to hear some heavy stuff like please <laughs> just play a fucking breakdown <laughs> that's all i care about yeah like i don't want to care about all this arguing just play the show me new music i don't care about any of this 
the only thing that I have to offer to that conversation as far as like, you know, deathcore as a whole and it and the problems within it is the whole not neo-Nazi shit that I'm seeing is like it's starting to become a real problem. Whereas like yeah. before I thought that that was just like, you know, I mean, an attempt at being edgy. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Like that's that's one thing I don't understand is like that has to be rooted somewhere and I'm unsure what the correlation is with deathcore that like attracts those people. I'm I don't understand myself honestly. Well, do you like blackened deathcore and just shit along those lines like as evil as it can possibly sound? See, and that's th- not really. Like I like heavy stuff, but I like more like groovy heavy. I always have. So like mm-hmm. while I will listen to some heavier stuff, like the new brand of Sacrifice album is sick. Like I really oh, like absolutely. that album. Nobody's gonna but, disagree with you on that. But like I'm not huge into the to heavier, heavier stuff as a whole. Like I'm picky about it, mostly because I am a production snob. I will say that. Well, that's why you like the new brand of sacrifice stuff. It's very well produced. Exactly. Like and I hate that that does limit me on some bands I listen to, but I can't help it. It's like one fact that I, I want good audio quality. Like I need to hear it that way. <laughs> yeah. I'm on kind of the opposite side where like I, my ear will be drawn. Yes. to like good production and shit, but like there is a part of me that loves really shitty recordings when the band itself sounds like really tight. And that is like, it's, it's like an aesthetic choice. And that's why it's not a wrong thing. Like production is as much as an art form for a band as the music itself, I feel. Like production that might sound good on like Tesseract, which is some of my favorite, like that low end thud with Genty stuff. Put that on a super riffy band like Between the Barrett and Me and it would sound horrible. Like it wouldn't sound right. <laughs> so it's like production itself is a huge part. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Some um, bands sound good record sounding like they're recorded through a toaster. It's just how it is. I mean, the, the Misfits literally got away with that their entire career. You're right. You are correct. <laughs> and I love the Misfits. So it's like you can't win, you can't lose. It just depends on who you are. Like you got to sell you. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man, it's funny how that works out. Like you, you almost got to sell yourself as a brand more than you have to sell the music. Like the music has kind of become secondary. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like music is, you have to have good music to succeed, but like it's well debatable, I would say, depending on who you ask, but like it's good <laughs> to mean, someone if you're doing well, but it's only like a part of it anymore. It isn't the deciding factor. I mean, Belle Delphine has music out and it does really well. So, like, that kind of. So does a band of Amanda Bynes, but hers is trash. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's back doing emo rap, so don't worry. Shut the fuck up. Like, new. I'm like, dead ass fucking I, serious. I'm going to look that up after this. I did not you know. You don't that want to. Good. Don't. I don't. Trust no, me, I don't. I need to see this for the sheer, like, <sighs> you know how, like, you'll watch B movies because B movies are so bad they're good? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel like Amanda Bynes being an emo rapper is going to be for me. Probably. I mean, that's why I watch Ice JJ Fish. So if you don't know who Ice JJ Fish is, you definitely, if you like watching bad things just because they're bad, that's just terrible. Like, there is tasteful bad. There is, but this is like terrible. (laughs) Like, there's a part in one of the intros of the songs I thought it was like a flock of seagulls, like coming over. A horizon or something it was like he layered his voice so many times but it is the weird i'll link you after this it is something else 
All I Maybe remember links from to JJ everything Fish. we've been talking about today. Yeah. The, the only thing that I remember from JJ Fish is like, <laughs> yeah, it's like so pitchy and all over the place. <laughs> and he's just vibing hard the whole time. He's just dancing, doing his thing the whole time. It's like T Pain type pitch stuff, or no, no that, that's how it sounds. That's the problem, is it's not even like auto tuned, it sounds like at all. No. Like, it just sounds like his voice is cracking and stuff, and it's all over the place. Shit, so, like, my raw vocals, basically. <laughs> Probably most people's raw vocals, but no one talks Ooh. about those things. Ooh. I think all vocalists, like, hide the fact that raw vocals normally sound awful. Like, most people's, like, it's not a yeah. problem. It's part of the no. process. As long as you can, like, own that, I think, like, most people would be cool with it. But... Well, plus, it's even, like, live, like... Even when you scream through a PA, like there's still normally some reverb and stuff on it. So it's like, yeah. it sounds better than it sounds how it's supposed to. Well, even like you go to like any insert, any generic local venue and the sound quality is absolute garbage. It hides yeah. the fact that you sound like garbage. A lot of times yeah. you can rely on that, which is why yeah. we have this resurgence of hardcore bands. And I love it. I'm here for it. Dude, I, that makes me, it reminds me once we did play with Knock Loose before they like blew up. Mm hmm. And it was like they play. They were the second to last band, and we were the last band, which is already not good news because after they played, everyone was yeah. gone. It was one in the morning. Yeah. Our our like backtracking didn't work. We played to like three people, but it was probably the angriest set I think we've ever played. I have a special place in my heart for those shows where you really just play for the people for the other bands and like yeah. their their friends who they brought. Like, yeah, but it's still you can't back down. You gotta no, you, you gotta still gotta do well. Like, yeah, because if you just slack off, it's gonna be like, well, the, you just look bad. You it's just not. Like, it's not a good look. You clearly only care about like, well, <sighs> yeah. I just always look at it as like, if no one's really there but band dudes, it's like, well, at least like this is a time to practice the whole set. Like, it's I'm gonna, gonna call gonna, out like, everybody, like everybody from the other band. I'll be like, you. Motherfucker, you, I see you with your arms crossed. Get in this pit. Let's have a good time. Yeah, we had some people do that. Once we had like a bar show where they were allowing people under 21 in. But then ha like <laughs> right when we were about to play, they were like, never mind. Everyone who's under 21, get out of here. So we had <laughs> our, our one friend standing there watching us. And we're like, this one's to you, man. <laughs> like, because there's no one else. To you. <laughs> this one's to you, John. <laughs> but all you can do is have fun with those moments. I feel like people get too fixated on, like, the amount of people at their shows. And it's like, if you can make someone's day better, even if it's one person, like, hell yeah, it was worth it. It's fun play every show like it's a fucking sold out arena show who fucking cares yeah, exactly you're there to have fun and if you're not then you're doing it for the wrong reasons i just can't imagine the person that like gets up on that stage looks out sees like four or five people and goes i don't even want to be here so uh let's just get this over with i've seen i've seen some people pretty much do that and it's like dudes this is not a good vibe to have right now because what you're telling those those few people that are there, they're gonna remember that. Yeah, they're, they're gonna, gonna remember that. they're gonna remember that you were pretty much like the Fuck amount this. of you here isn't worth my time. Eat shit. Yeah, or like I've seen big bands just like completely not play and just like Ooh. dip out. 
because the, they didn't the local bands didn't sell enough tickets basically and that's not a good thing because the people who are there who still paid for tickets like i remember when i was a young kid and went out and i was like super hyped even though there are some shows i went to with only a few people like i remember those yeah, yeah. there it's uh it, it's one of those moments that like i think you know having the rug swept out from a lot of big bands obviously to bring COVID back into it again but you know having the rug swept out from all of these bands will remind people you know every show matters i think yeah. that that's gonna that's gonna put like really uh become kind of like a wake-up call to a lot of these bands like yeah every show fucking matters like take them seriously appreciate them while you got them because you never know when they might not be there yeah and i do think though that's going to be the good thing is once it is safe to have shows regularly again um you're just going to see a new appreciation for shows happening again just because so many people haven't been able to do it you're going to see band dudes who are super excited to play um and dudettes they're both excited to play (laughs) you're gonna have um fans who have like even local shows people haven't been able to go to a lot of like good local shows in a while so i think people are going to be ready to go well there are there have been some shows still going on yeah Yeah. we can't pretend Like, like they don't exist yeah they there is but it's like even the ones that are going on, I don't really see, at least in my area, a lot of people going to them. Like, I'll look at, like, the event pages, and there are people who are going to them, but it's, like, not near what it was before all this happened. Well, I think there is something to be said about the difference between how many people click accepted and going um, than people actually showing up to certain events. Yeah, because it's always less. No matter what <laughs> anyone says, it's always less. Oh, yeah. Like it says, fifty people are going, but um, I got like a hundred people behind me. They're they're gonna be there. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I promise, bro. Just come to my show, bro. It'll be a good time, bro. Please. <laughs> Promoter, I'll just like let just page. let me play. Just let me play. <laughs> I'll like my band page. <laughs> like my yeah. band page, please. <laughs> it's important. It's important. Um. Yeah. So, uh, what else uh, can we talk about? Um, I know the new album comes out on the twenty sixth. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. So it comes out pretty soon. It's in like two or three weeks now. So, what else can you tell us about the new record? Um, it's kind of all over the place, honestly, because we have another song that's similar to Despondent, but I would say it's even more a little, a little more radio sounding, and it's not even like the sake of we wanted to force that sound it's just we like making what we make so we have a song that's like that and you have enemy coming out um soon and that's like super heavy but then we have one called suffering is a contest where it's almost like a, no, i'm sorry I, that that title is just too perfect it's well that's what we just thought it was honestly kind of funny <laughs> like i like it <laughs> but um it it's it's the most edgy angsty song i think we've ever made and it was made just to have fun like the chorus is straight up almost like lincoln park type vibes we were just like we just want to have fun like it's it's all over the place honestly so it's hard to explain I, all i can tell is if you like metalcore but you like listening to a wide variety it's gonna have it's gonna be that kind of album for a lot of people that keeps them interested but if you like Good. bands that have like one static sound which is fine there's never anything wrong with that but if that's what you're looking for out of a album, I wouldn't say this would be the one for you, but it just depends on your taste, you know? I think that people collectively are more 
open than they used to be though like despite all the gatekeepers that are out there i think collectively we're all a little bit more uh diverse than we like to pretend we are yeah it's like even i a few years ago um didn't like rap or anything and like now i listen to all that stuff so i think that's kind of happened to a lot of people in the metal genre so now it's just kind of like everyone listens to everything in some degree yep Still waiting on the right country project, but uh, Murder Folk oh, is pretty close. You. Murder Folk is pretty close. It's just not country. Murder Folk is amazing. No. I like that genre. I like this idea of like horror, um, horror folk type. Like, I, I like that idea. And like the closest that we got is that one guy that um, Amigo the Devil. Amigo the Devil. Like he's the closest to country I think I'll ever get into. He is so good, dude. See, that's the one genre I can't get into either because I grew up in a village. So growing up in a graduating class of like 70 or 80, like I hate country. We we had drive your tractor to school day. Like I got so <laughs> sick of... Dude, we had a fundraiser where we beat the shit out of a car with a sledgehammer. I don't... I mean, my... I'd be down with that. Can... Yeah. But it's a bunch of and children that are like... people. Well, like in my class, like my graduated, my class for my year. Yeah. So it's like the, the flood chamber thing sounds fun until you realize it it's a bunch of like 16 to 18 year olds who have a horrible concept of safety just hitting it. So like, I mean, eventually I'm got canceled. I got to be honest. I'm sold. I'm so, yeah, I'm sold. I'm now, the logical part of me was like some kid's about to yeet this sledgehammer <laughs> over his head one day. So I'm not going to be the guy who gets hit with uh I'm not getting a sledgehammer facelift today. Nice cannibal corpse reference. I like that. It's one of the few I know. <laughs> oh my god. No, Drive that's tractor to work. I'm trying to track. <laughs> hey, it was it was there was a cow field next to our school too. So like Listen it was here. it's that kind of place, man. John Deere got his uh got his promo for that day. I'm glad. Most people are like, I miss high school. I'm like, nah. Nah. So you wouldn't start all over with all the knowledge that you have now? I would, though. Just because then I could be like, this is not worth my time. And just go do something else. That's fair. <laughs> That's totally fair. I don't think college is right for me. I think Skillshare is, do well, is totally up my alley. For me. I went and got a degree in communications and I don't think I should have. But I did. <laughs> oh, that is such like a, a half-hearted chuckle thing to like laugh at. It's like, yeah, I wasted two years of my life on this degree, but I have uh, something. Oh, the... that's where you're wrong. See, I have a smooth brain, my friend. So I <laughs> did it between other stuff. And it took me six years to get my associate's degree. So wow. I didn't spin like I didn't fail that many times and like have to keep doing it. I just was slow at it. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Smooth brain, man. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's something I'm going to have to steal from you. The smooth brain thing, because I had to triple up on science in my senior year of high school. Like it was so bad that like I had to come back for another half a year and uh, finish up one I'm of so my one of my science classes. That. But dude, let's be honest, how schools test people isn't a good indication of how intelligent people are. Like it's all it's how it's how good you can memorize things for testing. It's not actually knowledge. How good it's are weird. you at the game of memory? Yeah, exactly. Basically. And I'm not yeah. at all. Yeah. My short term memory is done. 
For Christ's sake, Pat, I forget my age. Okay. What's my age again? <laughs> Yo, he did this on a podcast not too long ago. He was like, How old am I? Shit. Girlfriend comes walking in and be like, You're fucking 23. You're 23. Why do I have to remember everything for you? Dude, it's okay. I'm I just forgot my birthday one year. It was when I was still living at home and my mom's like, Happy birthday. And I was like, What? What day is it? <laughs> I'm 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 there though. I'm there. There's no way I'll forget my birthday because she's got this huge ass thing for it. So I won't well, forget it. <laughs> you could forget it until the moment that it's like surprise. And I'm like, Well, no, no, Patrick. Oh, yeah. Doing since since my birthday is on the eleventh, she's getting me eleven presents. So every day I open a present until the <laughs> That's a concept right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, a concept. cute concept. Yeah, she found it off of TikTok. So, <laughs> see, I just got a chirp wheel for my birthday, and I'm stoked on that. That's I don't, I don't do shit on my birthday. Like, it's the most unsatanic thing about me, but I don't celebrate my birthday very much. I literally, like, I don't do shit. I would be fine with like a thirty rack of beer, and that's it. Just like give me a thirty well, rack of beer. Fine. The thing I got was like a thing meant to pop your back, <laughs> and oh, so I like I was like, "Yep, yep this definitely... is this is it, peak form." <laughs> <laughs> This is getting ready for tour. I'm at my fucking peak right now. Dude, that's why I actually soon need to start working out again because I was thinking about how when shows come back, I'm so out of shape, I will probably die on stage right now. I actually made this joke a few podcasts back that, like, you know, people are all hyped and ready to go back to, like, go back to shows, but most of us are gonna be like, yes, let's hop in the pit, but, like, be winded halfway through. Yeah, Not like, even. literally... One minute into the song, be like, oh, hold on, my back. Shit. Yeah. I'm just gonna go take I'm just gonna go rest for a bit. And then it's like you just sit in the back the whole the whole yeah. concert now. You're like, yep, that was it. The glory days. I'm gonna That's be that guy bringing a hoagie. Dude, I am that guy who's always in the back. Like if there's good food, I will just sit in the back and watch a band and just eat good food. Like I feel that. I just like watching bands and how they perform on stage. I the pit always like I am clumsy. I always get hit in the head every time. I'm just dumb. Yo, I can't avoid I try it. I to go where nobody's in it. <laughs> and I'm gonna. Have, I'm just gonna mosh my own my own little yeah, space. Yeah, exactly. I have no spatial awareness. I will get knocked out. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that's happened to me, but it's happened to me. I've seen it happen to a lot of people, honestly. <laughs> You're always just like, oh, that actually, okay, yep, let's get him up and drag him off from here. We'll see what and happens. They just next. leave you laying there, like most of the time. Ooh. Luckily, I haven't seen that too much, but it does happen. Yeah. Wrong. We're, we're just going to mosh around this kid. When he Oops. wakes up and realizes what's going on, he's going to be like, oh, word. Yeah. <laughs> how many bands, how many sets did I miss? Shit, it's our show's over. When it closes. Come on, dude. Come on. Pretty hard. (laughs) Oh, shit. Logan, do you have any good uh, show stories? Uh, I'm trying to think of any show stories. I will say, I used to, something that's tied to shows, I used to throw up before every show I ever played because I used to have like, horrible anxiety about it um outside of that nothing i know there are some but i can't recall any really outside of like dumb stuff like 
going into a concert, like concrete building, go to the go use the bathroom, and there's just a fresh puddle of blood on the floor, and you're like, oh, this is like recent blood, just a huge puddle. Okay, like this is I'm safe, I'm okay. <laughs> and then like I got a half a chub walking past this. Um, <laughs> no big deal. Pretty much. And then like playing New York, we played at like some places where it was like a horror themed bar with like burlesque dancers. And it was just so just stuff like that is always interesting. Cause like you'd never, I didn't know the venue was like that. And we got there and I was just like, this is like entering into another world. I'm unsure how I feel about this. There's a place in Arizona. I can't remember what it's called, but there was a place like that in Arizona. I missed that fucking place. But what I mean, was this place called? I honestly cannot remember. Well, we did just yeah, talk about short term memory. So it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Dude. <laughs> I just, it's weird because like a lot of people, the part, reason why it's hard for me to think of stories from tour is like a lot of people I feel like on tour always tend to remember the bad things that happened to them. And it's like the only things I tend to focus on and remember are like things I enjoyed, you know, like yeah. things that were just fun. So it's like, I remember things like playing that show for Bro Jobs release show. That was just a fun show because everyone there was super nice. The Shadow of Intent dudes were nice. I actually gave Bender a uh, like, halo sword like the energy sword that i think is above his fireplace now really <laughs> yeah Word. like because i just because i know he's super <laughs> in the halo and they were like five oh. bucks or something at like gamestop and i was like you know what i know i'm going to see him soon this will be funny <laughs> so it's like a cool. full size one it was goofy you know he's gonna remember oh. that forever too yeah and i've really not talked to him much since then either like he was super nice it was just like i know he likes halo i'm a nerd i'll give this to him that's one of those things that like if you don't know that about shadow of intent it's like how do you how do you not especially after reclaimer it's just yeah i don't know like i'm not even a big halo guy and i got that vibe yeah i actually used to i remember the newgrounds i don't know i don't know if anybody remembers newgrounds.com but yeah they used to have like individual artists would like just like upload one-off songs up on there and there was a metal version of the halo theme song that i used to spin a lot dude i remember that actually from like way back in the day those were the days man i used to spend way too much time on newgrounds playing all the yeah newgrounds is that site where you could be playing a chill game and you click one wrong link and next thing you know it's furry porn not much you can do about it the demon hentai games i did not spend any time playing. Um, yeah, but they were there. They existed. That was a time. Hey, dude, like Filthy Frank said, if you watch a little hentai on the download, nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, dude. Well, that's the shit we're trying to write right now. Like, I haven't really talked about it too much on the podcast, but that's the vibe. That is the vibe for sure. Dude, nothing wrong with that. It's whatever you want it to be. I wonder how uncomfortable certain people are going to be when they first hear it. That's all I want to know. I want to see skin crawl for sure. I mean, those are, that's the kind of stuff you definitely want reaction videos to then. If that's like the vibe you're going for. Well, like, I don't know. I, I, uh, so like, I'll, I'll pitch you the idea. I don't know if I'll actually keep this on the final upload or anything, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but the idea is the band is called Cum Bubbles. I want all the songs to be under a minute long because TikTok um, and uh, hella like vine type samples, hella like porn samples. Yeah. Or just, like, like movies. Yeah. Just like think That's... like uh bro job meets um, infinite annihilator meets. I wrestled a bear once. 
And see, I think that's the interesting thing is like with the rise of stuff like TikTok, it's like social media can dictate forms of art. And that's definitely like an example of something that makes sense to use on those kind of platforms. Yeah. But it's like, if it wasn't for that platform existing, you probably would have never had that thought, but exactly. I'm for it. You should do it. It's funny. I, I wonder how far it'll go, but it's, uh, it's one of the things like, I'm sure anybody I talk to on the show will understand that like writing music is such a process that like, it's just, yeah. it's very time consuming. And I, yeah. you'd think that like the premise of the, uh, the music would be very simple to write but it's really not like trying to cram like five really weird riffs into a less than a minute song and then have like six over the top samples it's really not as simple as it might sound well plus <laughs> the, that's the difference between you can make and shit out like a meme core song but it's like to make it actually listenable and like funny yeah. at the same time is yeah. a whole nother thing yeah and add like and add like some vocals just very little <laughs> yeah just like it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm definitely going for that whole what the fuck vibe cuz I don't know, I feel like it takes a lot to captivate people's attention today. Yeah. I dude, I remember speaking of the phrase what the fuck, I remember when I I swore that uh Carnifex sampled Tourette's guy, but it wasn't. <laughs> I used to always what, the, uh, what fuck? the fuck was Tourette's guy. Yeah. Oh, man, now now I'm curious, like, what is that sample actually from? If it's not, I don't know. Guy? I thought it was Tourette's guy, but I remember reading it's not. That's so weird. Because it sounds just like him. Well, yeah. I know that the uh, I don't know if you listen to last podcast on the left, but their intro has that. Oh shit! That's definitely oh, straight from Tourette's guy. Yeah, that's like one of those like you know that voice. Yeah, I found out like apparently he lived only like an hour and a half from here, like Tourette's guy did. He was like in Columbus, Ohio. Really? That sounds like some Ohio shit, though. It, it is. Ohio has become a meme for a reason at this point. <laughs> and so, Something. like, do you actually know if he legit has Tourette's or not? Because, like, that was always the question. It was like, is he legit I'm, or is this a, just uh, an act? There's, like, a YouTube channel called, like, Wavy Web Surf or something like that. And he does, like, lore breakdowns on memes. And I watched one recently. And it's, like, it was definitely like a dude who like thought of the idea so like i don't think he did but that was it was at a time period where there was no way to really prove if he did or not so yeah. like and then his whole like disappearance out of nowhere just yeah like, supposedly he's still alive i think so and, yeah i mean yeah, yeah I, I think we'll all hear about it when he does <laughs> though the thing i don't get though is if him and bill murray exist in the same city like Johnny Frank lives up in the same like Columbus. Like, why has he needs to find him and get him on a Bill Murray song, even as a sample? Hell yes, it would be Hell too yes. perfect. I don't know why, but when you said Bill Murray, I thought the actual actor. No, the band. It is funny though. Like I always think of the yeah. actor first every time. Yeah. yeah, I just love the idea of like, okay, well, Bill Murray and Tourette's guy live in the same city. Why haven't those two made a movie together yet? <laughs> that, I That's mean, where I, I thought would you watch going. that as well. <laughs> I mean the dumbest fucking movie but it'd be good <laughs> I think, and as much as I like Bill Murray a lot of his movies are dumb as shit yeah but yeah. I mean it's like Adam Sandler If you, you can just do I mean, it yeah. thing is about Adam Sandler is that he doesn't age well like a lot of his movies have kind of become like almost cancelable there's uh I, 
I just am thinking of the filthy Frank video he made on Adam Sandler. And it's essentially about how Adam Sandler makes like the worst movies on purpose and just gets his buddies into it. And like, that's the whole point is like, he's become like satire of himself. So like he can shit out anything and it doesn't matter. I feel like that's his brand though. It is. It definitely is. And if you yeah. watch, if you look at pictures of the way he dresses when he goes out, that dude does not he give like a single doesn't fuck. Change. Yeah. He yeah. did not change whatsoever. He does not give a fuck. I'm sure he's a lot more woke than he is in his movies. Like he's probably more with the times than he likes to pretend. So like a lot of the jokes that he makes are almost like cringe on purpose. Yeah. I, I think, think that is like, it. I think that's the whole point. Yeah. And like between that and just knowing that like he, I don't know if this is necessarily true, but I had heard somewhere that like he only takes movie offers so that he can go vacation um, in those areas or something to that effect. I mean, I believe it because, like, all of his movies always have his buddies in them. So he's probably like, hey, let's just go get paid to do this. <laughs> he's so fortunate to even be in Hollywood that, like, for him, it's just like it's everything is just a treat. So we should treat it all like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, man. But I think we are right about that time where we start wrapping things up. Um, Kyle, did you have any other questions? I don't think so. All right. Uh, Logan, anybody you want to shit talk or uh, or uh, um, thank before we let you go? Um, well, first, just you guys for having me on because this has been fun. I like that we <laughs> I went into this being like, okay, I'm gonna have to talk about a bunch of music stuff, but I really like the direction it went because this yeah. was fun. I um, honestly, I like the more like shit chat style that we do on this because who wants to be asked a million questions, really? Well, plus it's a, the fact a lot of that stuff will be asked by other people at some point anyways. So like having that other kind of content where it's just learning more about people is uh, an interesting take on it in its own Absolutely. way. Um, as far as shouting people out, I guess one would be Anthony um, DiGiacomo. He's the dude who mixed our album and is a good buddy of mine. Um, he also is the guy who mixed... Um, Unaleska, like Andrew's project. He's nice. a good buddy of both of ours, um, which also I'd like to sh- that. I wanted to shout out Andrew. Uh, he's been literally the the best at helping, even with Eternal Void. Like he's helped us on so much, like hooking us up with people to mix with videos. Like the dude genuinely is a great friend and just a great musician. Um, and then also like my buddy Thomas uh, and then my buddy Trey Watson as well. Um, he is a YouTuber who does like anime stuff, but it's really good. Like if you like anime covers, but want one that's done really well, look him up. He does. He's fluent in Japanese as well. So he can like do everything. Fuck yeah. Sorry to, to put some links in the bottom. Sorry to have such a long list. And that's not even all no. of the people I'd like to thank, but I just lately I've been helped by a lot of friends. So like it's, it's a good feeling to have those people support me. So no, if anything, dude, I respect the hell out of that. A lot of times people look at us like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to say here? I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think well, when you give times, sometimes, well, when you're given those chances, you should just thank people who've genuinely helped you, you know, or just been good friends. Because what's the point if you don't aren't surrounded by good people, you know? <laughs> that is so true. That is so yeah. true. All right, man. We'll stick around so we can give you a proper uh, salute. But yeah, guys, thanks for checking out the new music podcast. If you've made it this far, you know what it is, man. Give us a like, a comment, a subscribe. We really appreciate all that shit. Five star. <laughs>
So yeah, technical difficulties. You just saw the slide. You know what happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Kyle, what the hell did they do to that bell button? You probably kill the fuck out of that bell button. Press that, that button. <laughs> Press the fucking button. <laughs> oh, man. And as always, Logan, get fucked. <laughs> nice. <laughs>